0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Hope everyone had a good, relaxing, and exciting weekend. I hope you spent it doing the things that you enjoy doing in this life because it's Monday morning. We're back at it doing our nine to five. But if you love what you're doing, then there's no such thing as Monday morning, right? Uh, obviously my energy today off the charts. It's Monday, uh, May 22nd, 2023. Um, We've got a packed show this morning, a lot of things to go over, a lot of exploits, a lot of vulnerabilities, a lot of new ways um, our, our adversaries are getting into our environments and using very, very common devices to do so and common ways to do so. So we're going to get right into that this morning. Make sure to subscribe. Find us on your favorite podcast, a listening platform. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Make sure to tune in 9 a.m. Eastern Monday through Thursday for your favorite show. We're about to get to episode 500 of the show. We're also celebrating five years this month. So a lot of big things throughout this week. Thursday will be a very, very special show. And so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Share the show with your friends and family grab your espresso this morning your cup of coffee whatever you're drinking i've got mine it's filled to the brim with espresso because that's what you need on a monday morning coffee cup cheers y'all we'll kick off our morning show with pi under attack the maintainers of pi the official third-party software repository for python have temporarily disabled the ability for users to sign up and upload new packages until further notice this comes after the volume of malicious users and malicious projects being created on the index in the past week has outpaced our ability to respond to it in a timely fashion, especially with multiple PiPi administrators on leave. Disclosure is so important. Honesty and forthright is so critical. It it maintains integrity, and that's what the folks at PiPi did. Hey, we've got a few admins on leave. We've got all these things. We're we're overloaded. We're under attack. Um, No additional details about the nature of the malware and threat actors involved were disclosed at this time. The decision to freeze new user and project registration Comes of software registry such, such as SpyPy have proven time and time again to be a popular target for attackers looking to poison the software supply chain and compromise developer environment. Earlier this week, Phylum uncovered an active malware campaign that leverages open AI chat GPT-themed lures to bait developers into downloading a malicious Python module capable of stealing clipboard content in order to hijack cryptocurrency transactions. So we'll keep our eye on this, and we'll get an update by uh, tomorrow's show on what's going on. Apple has also patched three zero days in their iPhones and Macs um, that affect the WebKit browser engine. Two of the actively exploited vulnerabilities, CVE-2023, 28204, and uh, 32373, have been reported to the tech giant by an anonymous researcher. Their exploitation can lead to sensitive information disclosure and arbitrary code execution if the attacker can trick the targeted user into processing specially crafted web content. No information is available on the attacks exploiting these zero-day vulnerabilities. Apple has revealed uh, in its advisories that there's now a new update for iOS 16.4.1a, iPadOS 16.4.1, and macOS 13.3. Now it's 16.5 across iOS and iPadOS to fix both CVEs um, as well. CVE 2023-32409 uh, was reported to Apple by Google's tag team in Amnesty International, which indicates it's likely being exploited by commercial spyware vendors. Uh, Google recently detailed several iOS and Android exploits that the company has linked to several various spyware vendors. All of these are patched. Make sure you get your Apple devices patched ASAP. In fact, I've got a few doing it right now. Samsung warning, there's a Samsung devices are also under attack. sista has warned of an active exploit of medium severity flaw affecting Samsung devices. The issue tracked a CV 2023 2149 or 2 has a CVSS score of 4.4, impacts select Samsung devices running Android versions 11, 12, and 13. The South Korean electronic giant described the issue as an information disclosure flaw that could be exploited by a privileged attacker to bypass the address space layout randomization protection. ASLR is a security technique that's designed to thwart memory corruption and code execution flaws by obscuring the location of an executable in device memory. Samsung, in an advisory release, said it was notified that the exploit for this issue has existed in the wild and so that's why you can never look at vulnerabilities as a practitioner and just go critical patch it right away you really have to fix that vulnerability and look at the vulnerabilities within the context of your own environment something like this that's a medium may have been for organizations that that only use samsung devices to be critical because of the amount of data that sits on those devices so you can't look at the cvss score on face value and just assume that, that that's the risk to your organization. A 9.9 could be a 0.9 for your org, and a 4.4 could be a 9.9. Just keep that in mind. Android phones are vulnerable to fingerprint, fingerprint brute force attacks. Researchers at Tencent Labs have presented a new attack called Bruteprint, which uh, brute forces fingerprints on modern smartphones to bypass user authentication and take control of the device. The brute force attacks rely on many trial and error attempts to crack a code key or password and gain unauthorized access to account systems or networks. The Chinese researchers managed to overcome existing safeguards on smartphones like attempted uh, limits and liveness detection that protect against brute force attacks by exploding what they claim are two zero-day vulnerabilities, namely cancel after match, fail, and match after log. The authors of the technical paper published... Also found the biometric data on the fingerprint sensor serial peripheral interface were inadequately protected, allowing for a man-in-the-middle attack to hijack the fingerprint images. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Brute force and SPI MITM attacks were tested against ten popular smartphone models, achieving unlimited attempts on all Android and Harmony OS Huawei devices, and ten additional attempts on iOS devices. So the idea of um, so so this is significant because we often say biometrics are the best way to do it. Um, in, in fact, in one of my papers, I said biometrics are, are, are really just another passcode. It's just a passcode that you don't create. It's a passcode that's that's device created, um, but it's still able to get to it. And this paper actually shows the whole details. I won't get into all of the details here, uh, folks, but you guys can obviously go and check it out. In the the link is in the show notes. Um, definitely worth a read and understanding how you can defend yourself from these types of attacks as we talk about ransomware and malware we, now there's a new paper talking about three common initial attack vectors that account for most ransomware campaigns and the data is showing how most cyber attacks start and so basic steps can really help us overcome these we're going to get right into it the most significant vector in successful ransomware attacks in 2022 for example involved was the exploitation of public-facing applications, which accounted for 43% of all breaches, followed by the use of compromised accounts at 24% and malicious emails at 12%. This is according to Kaspersky. Both Both exploitation of applications and malicious emails declined as a share of all attacks compared with the previous year, while the use of compromised accounts increased. Bottom line, doubling down on the most common attack factors can go a long way to preventing a ransomware attack. What does that mean? Exploitation of vulnerabilities at 32%. So, patching your environment, doing the fundamentals of cybersecurity is critical. Stolen um, phishing, setting up a good level of protection on your inboxes would also go a long way. And finally, credentials. And this goes to um, a bigger piece of that. So, both ransomware took off in 2022 and 2021, but leveled off last year. Some would argue it's dropping. I don't think it's dropping. I just think it's. Not as common anymore. Most organizations are resilient to it, and so in most cases, the ones that can afford to. And so we're seeing that. So, good read for practitioners, by the way. a Great read for practitioners here from Dark Reading. Fin7 is coming back with Clop ransomware attacks. The notorious cybercrime group known as Fin7 has been observed deploying Clop ransomware, marking the threat actor's first ransomware campaign since late 2021. Microsoft, which detected the activity in April of this year, is tracking the financially motivated actor under a new taxonomy, Sangria Tempest. In recent attacks, Sangria Tempest uses the PowerShell script PowerTrash to load the Lazar Poise exploitation tool and get, fo- get a foothold into a target network. They then use OpenSSH and Impact to move laterally and deploy CLOP ransomware. Fin7 has been linked to other ransomware families, such as Black DarkSide, Dark Side, uh, R-Evil, and Lockbit, the threat actor acting as a precursor for Maze and Ryok. Active since at least 2012, the group has a track record of targeting a broad spectrum of organizations. Uh, another notable tactic in its playbook, it's the pattern of setting up fake security companies like Combi Security and Bastion Secure to recruit employees for conducting ransomware attacks and other operations. Fin7's use of power trash to deliver Lazar was also highlighted by with Secure a few weeks ago. So we're seeing these guys come back. And finally, the IRS is deploying agents overseas to join the IRS criminal investigation, which is a cyber attache across four continents to combat cyber crimes. The attaches will focus on cracking down, cracking down sorry, on tax and financial crimes that use crypto, decentralized finance, P2P payments, and mixing services. The four attaches will go to Sydney, Australia, Singapore, Bogota, Colombia, and Frankfurt, Germany. They'll work with law enforcement counterparts in Australia, Asia, South America, and Europe. So we'll see how this actually builds up, but Hey, someone in the IRS got a really, really cool assignment. So be it. (laughs) That's it for our show this morning. Y'all we'll be back tomorrow at 9am live right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch celebrating five years is no small feature for the show. Your support has brought us here and thus far for five years. So please thank you all for your support. Please make sure to subscribe. We grow organically. So when you share the content, when you talk about us, when you tag other people to get their eyes on on our content. That's how we grow our subscriber base. So please do so if you, if you have the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a great rest of your day, and most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.